So that's how powerful Alaska is. If do you know what I mean? Also, everything can kill yeah. you at any time. It's oh, it's just <laughs> fucking amazing. Everyone's drunk. Like I, I, I don't drink anymore. I smoke a lot of weed. Uh, and when I started going up there, I did drink, and woo, so do they. Like <laughs> as a, professionals. <laughs> it, I mean, and I was like also on their level at the time. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. We've got another great episode for you this week. Yes, we kicked off 2023 talking about Puncher's Chance Bourbon and talking to the legendary Bruce Buffer. But we switched things up, and while we're not going back into music just yet for our conversation, we have comedian Billy Wayne Davis as he talks about his crazy life and his new special that is out now. And then for our tasting notes, we welcome in the guys from Old Line Spirits to talk about single malt whiskey, specifically American single malt whiskey. So you learn a lot this week, and you can see a full interview with them talking about their distillery and everything on our Facebook and YouTube pages as well. And before we get to that, don't forget to check out our neat mixed reviews, which are on all of our socials, and we give our honest opinion about the pours we try. But like I said, up next is our tasting notes with Old Line Spirits, learning about the American single malt whiskey. Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us here for Tasting Notes, uh, you might be getting the short version on our bar conversations, or, or if you're lucky enough, uh, go check out the full conversation, which is up on our YouTube and Facebook pages, uh, because... We have a cool, cool chat here, and we're going to be talking about some American single malt whiskey, but a cool brand as well. And we have with us one of the co-founders of that, of Old Lion Spirits, is Mark McLaughlin. Welcome in. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Glad to be here. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, because we're, we're, I think we're going to learn a lot today about not only a, a category that is, is kind of trying to get established here in America, but a, like I said, a, a cool backstory for, for what you guys have done uh, there at Old Line. And... I guess my first question, because I'm always curious about this, is what drew you to the world of whiskey? I'll try not to go on too long. I tend to take tangents, so just you know, keep me keep the guardrails on me as I go. But uh, no, I, I appreciate the a being here and b the opening question. You know, it's a uh, kind of a long time coming, as you'd imagine. For you know, um, I mean, like you, I love whiskey. Um, I drank when I was younger, drank more beer, um, but I always liked whiskey. And my you know was always around the house. I'm a Boston Irish kid, so there's always Irish whiskey around for you know family parties and all that. Jameson was everywhere, Powers. Um, so I was, and I loved the kind of romanticism behind it. You know, I remember my grandfather was a kid. He wasn't a big drinker, but he would have you know he have a drink occasionally. He would talk about the process of how whiskey is made, and it was kind of this big mystery to me. And but I just, it was really there's something about it, and the fact that it, it's got to age in the barrel and takes time and all this you know labor of love until you finally get this you know hopefully amazing thing at the end. That part has always been attractive to me. More immediately, you know, but my path after, you know, I, you know, left high school, went to college, college into the Navy, and I was a, a, a naval flight officer. Um, loved that. Got out, decided I wanted to go to business school and become an investment banker, and that really was not a good fit for me. So when I was trying to figure out, you know, what about, uh, you know, what did I love about the Navy? And there's a lot of things. I mean, I love the Navy. It was a really hard choice to get out. Um, and there are certain things about the Navy that I'll never be able to recreate anywhere else. But what are other things that I really love and want to engage that I can do in a different line of business? And one thing is, you know, one thing that banking didn't give me was the ability to actually make something. Um, you know, bank, investment banking is very transactional by nature, just what it is. Um, and I, I learned a lot. I, I worked with great people. Uh, I was very, very fortunate to have done it. Uh, but it was really just not something I enjoyed at all. So I had this itch to do something producing something instead of just doing these transactions. Um, I already had this love of whiskey and the kind of romance behind it. And at the time when uh, Arch and I started this, 2014, 2015, um, you know, this whole craft whiskey market was really just getting on its feet, uh, just starting to. And it you know, kind of was like, hey, I don't like what I'm doing. This looks really cool. Um, my wife's supportive of it. And the market's going the right way. Look, all right, let's go. So that's 
the long answer to your short question. Well, and, and, and it also might be kind of unique in, in, in the sense of what you guys are producing, and that is that single malt, that American single malt whiskey, which is a little different than what most are probably used to hearing, thinking about. So for those that are unfamiliar with that type of style that you guys are producing, what is that style? <laughs> Uh, and again, you're, you keep hitting the nail on the head here with these comments because you're right. It, it, the fact that we are doing something new and different um, is it's a double-edged sword, right? It's an American single malt, and I'll explain it here in a moment to your, to your listeners. But you know, suffice it to say for right now that it's a brand new category. So um, you know, the cha- one of the challenges there is that because it's so new, that you know, what's driving people to the liquor store, for example, you know, you're, you're not going to the liquor store because you open your liquor cabinet and I'm, oh, I'm all out of American single malt. You're out of rye or bourbon or beer or truly or wine that's the impetus for your trip to the store and how do we as a brand and as a category become part of that experience you know we don't want to knock anybody else out of the cart but how do we join in on that experience like oh you know what i do need some american single malt so that's the the, the fact that people aren't that was driving them to the point of sale in many cases is a different product or a different category uh but the other side of that sword the good side is that it's a fragmented category. There's no like Jim Beam or Jack Daniel or Bullet equivalents in American single malt. As small as we are, we're probably one of the top five or six in size, and we're small. Um, so that means there's a lot of opportunity that we can go in there and, and really stake, you know, establish our name, uh, which I think we're doing amongst the top producers um, in the category. So that's, as a, as a big picture, that's kind of the, the, the pros and cons at a high level. As far as what actually we are doing, um, again, I, I know you're familiar, but for your listeners who may not be, uh, American single malt is a category that doesn't even really officially exist yet. So, you know, all categories of whiskey uh, in America, you know, if anything gets either made here or imported here, it's got to fit into a, some category. Uh, bourbon has, you know, certain things that define it. Rye, even scotch, even though it's not made here, still has to fit certain definitions um, to be, you know, called what it is. American single malt is such a new thing that it wouldn't have that definition. So the definition that we, as a community of producers, have uh, adhered to kind of on our own free will working together is that you know we're making a whiskey that is made only with one grain which is malted barley malted barley is a grain that you see more in well, it's in beer uh, a lot of beers uh, and also in a lot of um, you know old world think you know single malt scotch you know some you know malt whiskeys in Ireland things like that barley is a very commonly used grain in the old world because it grows very good in, in the short growing seasons of England and Ireland and, and places like that um, so we're making a grain uh, whiskey with a grain that is traditionally used more in Europe than it is in America. Um, and then in America, if we're making like a bourbon or American rye whiskey or things like that, the, by law, the whiskey has to be aged in a virgin oak barrel, a barrel that never had anything else in it before. And that's because each time you use a barrel, you know, some of the flavor gets pulled out um, and it just gives you a different character each time until it's finally, after a while, eventually spent. In Scotland, you know, people use, they use barrels two, three times because that's just the nature of the way they make whiskey. And neither way is better than the other. They're just very, very different. So what I'm getting to is that in America, you know, a, a bourbon or a rye has to be in virgin oak. In Scotland, a single malt scotch is almost always in used oak. We have the ability to do either one as an American single malt. So what we do at Old Mine is almost entirely virgin oak because we love that American style, you know, vanilla, caramel, kind of baking spice character. But the beauty of it is that you know, if you're down the street making American single malt, you can do it completely differently. So we're taking this old world grain style of malted barley and applying, and basically uh, removing some of the limits that uh, a single malt scotch producer would have. You know, single malt scotch and bourbon and rye, all these categories I keep referencing, they're very heavily defined for good reason because they've been doing it for a long time and they don't want some upstart to come in and make something and call it a bourbon and it's really kind of wacky and weird and it hurts the category. The beauty of American single malt is that we have no category to hurt yet, right? So we're just, we want more people to come in and start doing it. So we want to make it, you know, keep it narrow enough where we maintain the integrity of what we're trying to do, but wide enough where um, people can come in and do it because we want more people doing it. Did that answer your question? I kind of tapped dance a little yeah, bit there. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's interesting, too, that, that you mentioned it being a recognized category because folks might not always realize this. TTB is fun to, to deal with, especially when you don't have a necessarily category that fits you correctly i remember talking with mean mule uh, distilling out of kansas city they were doing agave 
tequila, mm-hmm. basically, but you can't call it tequila if it, if you're making it in in the in anywhere but but that region. And they were like, "What do we call this?" And then you know they had to fight for um, you know to be called an agave spirit or an American agave spirit here. And you know they kind of set the trend. And it sounds a lot like there's several of you you all that are doing that. And kind of I'm guessing that is the ultimate goal is to get a category that is established that has those yeah. parameters. And it's very close right now. I, you know, I forget the names of different, like all the legal hurdles, uh, but that we have the, you know, we we're part of uh, the American Single Malt Whiskey Commission, which was founded by, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to miss somebody, but you know, Westland out of Seattle, um, uh, Cole Keegan out of New Mexico, I think a few Spears, and I know that I'm missing, you know, uh, Balcones. I'm probably missing one or two founders. Those are the guys that started it, and then we came on a little after um, as we became part of this of this industry. And we're, you know, one of the probably 70 or 80 members now. Those guys really started this process going. And um, the, uh, we're on like the one yard line of being recognized. So I forget exactly what hurdle we just passed because it's some legal term that I don't know. But um, we're basically very, very close. You know, if somebody called me tomorrow and said it's category, I wouldn't be shocked. I also wouldn't be shocked if it was two years from now because who knows the speed at which the government works. But uh, it'll be good. I mean, for us, it'll be good recognition because I think that more and more people will know the category exists, um, but I think getting that official recognition will give us a little bit more uh, of an oomph in, in uh, PR. And Mark, I, I appreciate you taking the time to share the story of Old Line, but also you know talk a little bit about American Single Whiskey, because like you said, it's a new thing that uh, folks are hopefully learning more about. Absolutely, I, I encourage everybody to try it. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good American single malt whiskeys out there, which is great because we want people to love the category, not just old line. So lots of great ones out there. Uh, please, you know, if you're at the local bar, you, your bartender has some, give it a go. And uh, I think you'll find something you really like. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hops Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopSpirits.com. Joining us here for our conversation, he's a comedian. He's got a new special out called Testify that is, like I said, now available. He's also, uh, he does a, he's a writer, podcast host. I think he just likes to talk. Please welcome in Billy Wayne Davis. Hey, how are you? I'm well trained at talking, so that's why. It's not. And here's the thing. That is funny you say that, like, you like to talk where it is, like, in my personal life, I don't say a whole lot. Which is kind of funny. I save it's it all. Where I'm like, yeah, and I just like get it all out, and then I'm like, I'm just gonna chill and hang out. <laughs> well, I was I was gonna say, do do people go up to you and go like, hey, tell me a joke, and you're like, that's just not how this always works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's when you. I think the like an old, I don't even know if it's an old saying or just like it just happens. Is like that's when you know you're like a real you're really a comedian is like when you stop telling people what you do. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to have to explain or tell jokes. <laughs> no. Well, they, it's like, and also when I, I didn't notice this, but it was like, uh, someone, a musician pointed out, I was touring with some musicians and after the show, we were hanging out and they were smoking cigarettes. I was in the alley and then, you know, people kind of mosey back there and we'll talk to everybody. And, uh, they, we did that for a couple of times and then I like kind of disappeared. And then the, the keys player, Jeff, he was like, he noticed, he was like, Oh man, that sucks. I was like, what? And he's like, they still want you to do the thing, but they don't they just want we could say anything and they'll just talk to us we don't have to do our thing i was like he's like there's no pressure they just want to talk to us he's like they still want you to do the thing you just did and i was like yes they do it is very strange and i don't it's not super strange because it is like when you're up there you want it to seem like you're just talking Mm -hmm. to a certain degree where you're just like kind of looks easy and just hanging out and like that's what I'm trying to do the whole time. And it after about 20 years, I can do it. Uh, so, but it is like, on that, sh- on that show especially, on that tour especially, like, there was like, there were shows where it was like, I was using every bit of energy and everything I've ever learned to keep the crowd together. 
so then afterwards I would just be like, okay, I'm going to watch them play. Thank God I'm done. But I'm like drained after like <laughs> 30 minutes of doing this. And, uh, and then you walk out and people are like, Hey man, you were funny. And then you see them do the thing. You're like, I don't, I'm, I'm going to go back and sit in the room by myself. Cause I can't give anybody, anybody anymore <laughs> else. I'm so sorry. Can you even feel a little bad? Cause you're like, I want to be funny, but I just can't. I just, yeah. But then some guys are just, it just oozes out of them all the time, which is, seems like it's a different type of problem, honestly. <laughs> well, I, I I can't wait to hear some of the, the stories that you, you get to share, and we'll talk a little bit about your, your comedy special. But this is called Bar Conversation, so I'm curious. I got a little, uh, I, to tell you how much I have in my house, I randomly found this in my liquor cabinet, and I think I've had it for a little while little starlight distillery out of uh, indiana you got anything good tonight i'm drinking coffee because i have <laughs> I, i'll be honest i also right before i went over to my my grow shed i grow cannabis and i i smoked some wonder bread lemon oz kush so that and uh, I, like coffee and a nice sativa is a nice that's how that's how daddy over here that's how west coast daddy likes to <laughs> take the edge off if that makes any sense it does it does now you know with what you do being a comedian and and kind of going on the road i'm curious is there a best place that you've gotten to visit or you know someplace that you've always enjoyed going back to um i mean yeah, it's easy when I'm like, oh, there is like a ton of places I love to, like there's so many places I love to go. I like to travel. I like to go back to places. I like to see new places. But the most special place is Alaska. Uh, I've been there eight, I think I'm going there. And you said this comes out mid-January. So I'm going there mm -hmm. at the end, mid to end of January. So if you have Alaska listeners, like just Google <laughs> BWDtour.com right now and you'll see. I'm in Alaska right now, so let's come. I'm coming around, not all <laughs> around, but more than most. <laughs> I am doing more than most. Um, that place is—it's really special. It makes you feel small in a in a like a in the in a way that nature can sometimes. Powerful nature. Uh, the people are very unique. You know, you travel a lot, you start to realize that a lot of places are very similar. A lot of places are. A lot of cultures start to kind of blend together. And then you find these little unique pockets where like, this place is weird. And all of Alaska is <laughs> like that. So it's, yeah. And then in a sad way, I can argue really, like when people are like climate change deniers, I can be like, no, it's happening. And they're like, oh, yeah, how do you know? I'm like, well, I've been to Alaska like eight times, and I've, with my eyes, watched a glacier disappear. So when we were growing up, we were taught that that's not something we'll ever see, and I've seen it. So that's like one of those things, too. We're like, hey. So that's how powerful Alaska is. If do you know what I mean? Also, everything can kill yeah. you at any time. It's oh, it's just <laughs> fucking amazing. Everyone's drunk. Like I I I don't drink anymore. I smoke a lot of weed. Uh, and when I started going up there, I did drink, and whoo, so do they. Like <laughs> as a, professionals, <laughs> it, I mean, and I was like also on their level at the time because I was a traveling comedian with no kids or anything like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, I was in my twenties first time when I went up there and I was like having fun after <laughs> Woo! like the, it was also the first, like then morning <laughs> I'll tell this story since this is a drinking. So, uh, this is a drinking <laughs> podcast. So the morning I went up, they flight. They, they used to do, used to do Tuesday through Sunday. You do one show night, chill coot charlies and it that sounds like a vegas thing and it kind of is because it feels like that you're in this huge chill coot charlies is this huge nonsense bar is what there's like different versions it's like a very special place uh there's different bars inside the bar 
And, like, literally, if you're doing drinking, it feels like you're bar hopping inside a bar, which is kind <laughs> of rad. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, this that's, is like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> like, and if you're drunk enough, like, and people didn't know, you'd be like, man, we went to a bunch of bars. Like, nah, we went to, we went to one, but we went to like four different <laughs> areas. But they feel, it's really neat. Uh, it's also disgusting, as you can imagine. It's just awesome. Uh, so they flew me, I was living in Seattle at the time. They flew me up, and it's three and a half hours flight from Seattle. And you're like, that's far. The first time I was like, man, that is far. Like, Seattle's already far up here. Like, I live up here, and it's like... Uh, and then, so I was like, man, we're far away. So, <coughs> I get there. I land at, like, 5.36 o'clock on the Monday. They flew me up the night before, which I thought was weird. I was like... And they were like, nope. And so, they checked me in this place, and then... And then they're like, well, you want to go to the bar and see what it's about? I was like, sure. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, let's, I'm in. And then they just start feeding me booze because everyone's drinking. It's like Monday, but the bar's like, there's like people. And it's cold as hell. Well, uh, you got to stay like, warm somehow. <laughs> it, and I was just like, and then there's like, you go outside and smoke, and it's like kind of snowing. You're like, this is kind of awesome. And you're doing, everyone's giving you shots. Uh, I, and there's a lot of adrenaline too, cause you're in Alaska for the first time. So I'm just like, but I end up like blackout drinking, like, because they're giving me sh cause there's, it's, everything's free. And it's like, I didn't, I was also not savvy enough to realize like, oh, they're, they're abusing me is what's happening. <laughs> um, you know, they know like I'm new. So they're, and I'm also like not turning it down. So that I think I'm kind of like an amusement to them too, where they're like, this one's, not fighting us so just keep giving it <laughs> this to one's them. lively <laughs> yeah it was kind of like yeah i know there is like and uh so you know i don't remember they did they were smart they had cabs like just waiting outside and i clocked that going in do you know what i mean where i was like that's <laughs> that'll be good to know and they'll know where i'm staying and uh so i walk out and there's like video footage of just me just like walking out like, of course, just zombie, but, like, I'm not the only one, and I'm not even, like, nearly, like, noticeable. I'm just like a, you know what I mean, just like a <laughs> kind of, so, and then I just get in the cab, and I have them take me to Taco Bell, and I got mad at them, because I thought Taco Bell was ripping me off, because I had a drunk order that cost a certain amount. You guys know what I'm talking about, especially when you're drinking, back in your drinking days. And I mm -hmm. didn't, it didn't, it took a good minute and a half before they could explain. They're like, motherfucker, you're in Alaska. Everything, I was like, oh, there's no dollar. Oh, everything just costs more. So, you know, the my 10 or $15 order was like $26 or something. And I was like, you guys are ripping me off. I don't like it. And they're like, and I'm just too hammered. Uh, and then I get back. And I wake up the next morning, kind of like that, kind of like, oh man, you don't want to, you don't want to get that drunk the first night before you do shows. <laughs> You're hurting. But, well, like, like, sure, like, not even physical, like, that, the physical part wasn't that never, you know, sure, there were days where I was like, oh, this guy stopped for a couple of days. But, it was the professional in me was like, oh, even for me, that was too much. I don't think that, like, I don't know how charming I'm going to have to, like, this is, who. And then, so I'm just so apprehensive. It's a Tuesday, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, they're going to send me back on Wednesday. It's like, <laughs> this, this sucks. I can't be in light. And uh, so I was like, you know, I kind of. I laid real low all day. Some other stuff happened that I had to deal with back home, so that helped. Uh, but then it came time to go to the show, and I was like, oh, God. I got to go in the place where I was clearly do not remember leaving. Um, <laughs> which is not good, because they, they got to pay me still, and they flew me no. up here. 
And then I walk in all apprehensive, and the bartender's like, hey! And everybody's like waving, like I'm goddamn Norm from Cheers. And I was like, okay. That was nice. Everyone's nice here. I was like, maybe they're still here and still drunk from the night before. You know, who knows? And then uh, I see this other bartender who had been feeding me stuff, and he was like, oh, man, where'd you go? I was like, oh, I bounced. He's like, no, we found it. We were like, we thought you might be dead. Cause you didn't say goodbye or anything. I was like, no, I just do that. Like I come, like I realize, like it's like leave o'clock, and I have to go right then, or I might have to live here tonight. So it's like that's how I, uh, and uh, <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, no, we were like disappointed because like usually we have to like carry people out of here their first night, and you were just like walked out, got a cab. They were like, and I was like, oh man, all day I've been worried y'all were gonna fire me. And you were, like, impressed by me. That is... I like it here. This is bad. I don't need to know about any... This is... Yeah. Oh, they should have saved that for the, for, for, for the, the end of, of the week. That way you did <laughs> Oh, I mean, and don't think it got, like, the week. It's, like, up there, like, drinking is, like, the Navy SEALs were, like, it's the only easy day was yesterday. And what's that mean? You're like, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> but I'm going this yeah I'll be there uh, this no. month I've but even sober it's amazing like even sober it's just as exciting so that's the crazy part I, I, I can only imagine that I, I've been out to the Rockies and that's beautiful and I know Alaska is even even more cool and you, you touched on this too at the at the beginning you, you've opened up for some musicians I know Sturgill Simpson a Kentucky boy was one of them is that weird opening up for a musician when you're there people are there to see music and you come out and you're just kind of doing your thing it yeah i mean some shows it can be um if they know who i am it's not like a big deal which now it's it's easier um then you know when he was doing that was like meta modern sounds too so it was a lot of the country stuff so with my name people there were some people confused for, you know, they're like, why ain't this motherfucker singing? I'm like, oh. And then there's the normal, like, where's Sturgill? Like, you know, like, which always, I would, I had replies for that. I'm like, what, like, what in, in, in your head right now is going to happen? Like, you're going to yell, like, where's Sturgill? And he's like, hey, man, that's cool. That guy was a dick to my, to the guy I chose to open for me. So I'm going to go out and see what he wants and you see that you can see in the crowd that like his buddies being like yeah shut the fuck up dude you're an idiot. and he's like mm. that did not like did not go the way you plan and then that by the, like you do stuff like that like they start being like this guy's like funny do you know what i mean where they're like this is like not like a you know kind of like a novelty or something that was pretty fun to like get people on on your side and and then the the band really and Stu and I hung out recently. We talked about this. Uh, <laughs> is he really loves... Because they don't get to say mean stuff. But the, <laughs> You know what I mean? Where it's like they don't get to really like be like... They have to play and do their stuff. But people yell and heckle them too. Which is weird. And I never really thought about that until I toured with them. And I was like... Yeah, that is... Like... It's usually like drunks, the same with comedians. It's like people that, for the most part, it's just like people that are like, you're not on in, on this planet anymore, so you can't, you shouldn't be in public. And they're just like, you're yelling at the person you love and came to see. That is so crazy. Uh, but then I get to tell them to shut the fuck up. And then musicians, that's so cathartic for them, I've learned. <laughs> One sh there's one show in... I'll just tell this story. Most of the tour went pretty great because Sturgill and I are like kind of very similar human beings and we're doing similar things just in a different craft, if that makes sense. So like yeah. it, it kind of, it hit most of the places, but, uh, <laughs> we went to Salt Lake city and there's this venue and I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's called like the complex or the, 
compound or something like and it's this huge concrete building huge it and then they've separated like four different venues into this huge it's fucking huge and i walked in and i was like before before anything i was like oh man this is this is gonna suck for me like bad <laughs> and they never heard me say like most of the time i was like okay i know what to do here this can be hard or like you know what i mean or like this yeah, one's gonna yeah. rock uh, like i knew uh and i was just like oh and the sound guy's like you need to do sound check and i was like it doesn't matter it doesn't nothing matters this is this is gonna be a real nightmare it's too big it's too and then he was like i was like why is this barricade down the middle and he was like and it was a, i can't it's insane it's a clearly <laughs> clearly that i don't drink a lot in utah because it that's what i had to because later I, I came to that realization i was like oh they're just not i was like why in the world because it was like it was barricaded off in this angle where everyone that was drinking was in this other part that was like stage left not in this like where you had to like even go to the side to play to them everyone else no drinking and i was like oh what no and uh oh then i shouldn't even do this it's like i was like joking i was like this should this is gonna in a way and they you know by that point we were pretty deep into the tour so most of the time they didn't come out to watch every show because they realized like hey you do this certain thing like we do and like yeah i'll change up a little bit but like you know yeah uh this is what we're doing on this tour buddy um and so just right off i lost my cool like maybe five or five or six minutes in where i was like you shut up and but i was like being mean to somebody and they loved all the, like the crowd loved it which made it worse because i was like oh now i'm gonna have to do this the whole time so i did like i was like ripping the whole i was it was like it was like it was like mean and like if there would have been like a billion people there, like at that Philly Bill Burr one, it would have been like wow. Like, but it, there just wasn't. But it was that, and like I ended it with most of you Salt Lake City are cool as hell, but there are twelve of you that should I and I mean this should kill yourselves. You should kill yourselves. And I was like, I did mean it. And I, you don't want to mean. I was mad because I was like they wouldn't let me do what I was going to do, and it went way worse. I just thought it was going to be like, I was just going to bomb. I was going to do my thing. I was going to eat shit into just like an echo. And you can kind of hear the other concerts in the background going on. But it was just, it was just me just punching people for 20 minutes and them loving it. And you're like, I don't want, I want to make me, oh, let me stop. And then I turn and every one of the band the everyone is on the stage and their eyes like side stage their eyes are like huge and they're like this is the this is the best set of the whole tour and i was like i'm gonna fight every one of you best set of i was like that was just i was like I, that was like a fist fight there's a verbal fist fight i was having with like thousands of people right there and that was and he brought it up the other day like he like we were hanging out he's like man that's Salt Lake City show he's like that's the funniest thing that i was like i was so angry you guys that was not fun <laughs> like, that's the best you just ugh. i was like oh he's like people still ask it he's because he lived there for a while and worked <laughs> on the railroad he's like he's like some of our family friends and like some of our they still ask they're like that dude they're like he he was right about everything he said i was like oh i wasn't <laughs> wrong i was just mad <laughs> That yeah. wasn't what I was going for. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't making stuff up. I was just letting. I've been here before. Here's what's wrong with your place. And they were all like, yeah, tell us more. And you're like, oh, you and you like to be abused. That's weird, too, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Just. Well, it still sounds like you had fun. And, and you know, you've gotten to do a lot of other fun things, you know, such as, you know, do a little work on the Squidbillies. You've gone on. You know, Conan, a bunch of other shows. How much fun are, are things like that that you get to do? 
I mean, even Salt Lake City was fun, but like Conan's <laughs> Conan was a dream. Um, I wish he was still on. I'm working on uh, some other, a couple other late night sets, and they're great. You know what I mean? But it's not Conan. Conan was like, yeah. I realized. I didn't try very hard to get on Letterman, and as I got old, like, there was, like, a brief window where I think I could have, I was good enough, and right before he went away, that if I would have mm -hmm. pushed hard enough, there was a, and, you know, things fell in the right places, there was a shot, at, but I didn't pursue that, and some of my friends did and got on, and I was always like, I wonder why, and then when I got Conan, it was like, oh, because that's my... Generate. He's my Letterman, if that makes like. Mm -hmm. I love Letterman. Don't get me wrong. He's like way better than Leno. There's not even. They're not even the same category. But, uh, Conan, for yeah, he's my dude. He's my generation. And then like, like, doing well. And then they were like, hey, whenever you have another set, just ask. You're always welcome here. Which was like, what even part of the dream? Part of it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Where you're like, it's yep. like you have it, like this. Is how this is gonna go? You can do your thing. It's gonna go well. And then you're gonna be like, hey. And then the producer came back afterwards. He was like, yeah, man, Conan loved it. And he's like, anytime, just let us know. We'll we'll work it out. You're always welcome here. And I was like, oh my god, oh. <laughs> and so I was like working like, on another. I was like, I'll work on another one. And then they were like, we're not doing the show anymore. I was like, I mean, why would you? You know what I mean? You ask me and buy me back. It's like it's like the Playboy Mansion. You get invited, and he's like, ah, "You died. He died like two days <laughs> after we invited you." Which is like, okay, all right. Something. There's an the end of now. every era. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're just like sometimes you come in and you're like, "No, I'm in it to." What are you gonna do? Just a little, little too late. A little too late. But now you've got, like I said, you got the new special out, Testify. It's available now. How much fun was that? How did it come about? Woo! Um, that was, it was a dream. That one was a dream. I, it was a culmination of like several things. No one's asked me like that. That's a good question. Uh, I went and saw this church the cannabis the church the international church of cannabis which is in denver colorado i was in denver doing some 420 events doing comedy and imbibing because it's totally legal there you know what i mean and i respect the law I always have and uh <laughs> i was there doing some other events and some i didn't even know about this place and somebody was like hey well, there's like a show at 420 at this church that's like a cannabis church do you want to do the set there and i was like yeah man everything you said was awesome that is awesome and i went and like it's got this the steve the guy that owns it got this incredible spanish artist to do this incredible mural on the inside that's just trippy as all hell and it's just in this old looking normal church in the neighborhood and I had a lot of fun during my set, and I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, man, I would like to record something in here, like a special. I even said something to him. I was like, I'd like to record a special in here one day. And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. And then uh, then later, I like, I, I, I'm trying to remember if it was before or after, but I had smoked DMT. And it kind of like, it like changed my career in a really cool way because like you drop, you, I dropped some, some of my ego about a lot of stuff and it really opened up happiness to like performing and your career and what you're doing. And, and that's why I kind of put in the special is like I wrapped it in this thing and then it hit me one day. I was like, oh, I can do the trippy parts of the DMT story, which I've wanted to do in this special and then i can do like a special and like a comedy special in between it we can wrap it together and then director john diaz who's like a legit director he's not just you know some comedian he's like we put three cameras in the 
um, like he's like, oh, I can do that. I know how to do all this stuff. And he like, like if, once you see the special, you understand. Like he made me do, made me get vulnerable in some ways that I wasn't super comfortable with as a comedian immediately. And then, uh, but it turned out really dope. And and this is just like a neat addition. Like I love the band, like the the band, the band. Uh they're my favorite. And uh, mm-hmm. uh Levon's like he's super he's the dopest. Um and he came to me when after we he was like, So I think I wanna put it together. I mean, he's like, Have you ever seen the last waltz? And I was like, Go on. Go on. I have seen that once or twice. Um He's like, you know how it does this, this, and this? And I was like, oh, yes. And I was like, oh, even bet, yes, this is, like, he didn't know that that was, I was just like, I. he might not even still know. It was just like one of those where you're just like, you know, the universe is like, here's another cool thing. And you're like, yeah, I'll take it. That is, let him be inspired for the whole things. Let it come. Yeah. So. That's how that kind of. I enjoyed. Go ahead. Oh no! I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I, I the special is is absolutely hysterical. Yeah, that part. I mean, that's just the stand up part. I've been doing that for, like I said, almost not twenty years yet. But like, that part was like fun. You know, when we were filming and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause that day was like kind of hectic, and we were doing some weird shots, and then doing some. I had to do some acting, you know what I mean? Quote unquote acting and kind of be vulnerable about some stuff. So yeah, my dad was there and he was like, man, you're really like enjoying the stand up part. I was like, yeah, I was, I was having fun because it's, I'm good at, I'm good at that part. That was really fun. <laughs> now, now I got to ask why the all white outfit? Why the all white outfit? That you'll have to ask John the director <laughs> he he was like what well, if you wear all white and i was like ah okay and then he brought he was like well he's he's like because i want you he had the vision part of the all white suit as the like the preacher whatever part once you guys see this you'll understand so then he noticed, you know, he kind of followed me for a little bit and watched. I'd send him sets and things like that. And he was like, oh, you just, he's like, you just kind of wear jeans and like a t-shirt, like a blank t-shirt. And I was like, yeah, I, there's not, I'm in a, I'm, most of the time we're in a goddamn basement. So it's like, you know, and I just don't, I just look at me. I'm telling the story. I just need his People are ADHD as as hell these days, so the less distraction, the better. So like just simple clothes, where it's like okay, because it's it's hard to keep people's attention, even if they pay to be there to do it. It's still hard to keep their. It is interesting times. <laughs> <laughs> now now when when you're telling these these stories and you're you're doing your special. How true are these that you share? Um, because I mean, they're just funny in their their own right if they're true. Because I mean, they're just it's a it's a great it's a great set. That's all of that. All that's true, and I've just made it flow better. Probably, um, I've added, I've nerfed some edges for sure to them i've massaged some hue i've massaged some humanity back into some of it and then (laughs) but all of it's like like i don't make up the events or any of like those like big key things that happen it's like like i said in it like it is how i process trauma so like making fun of it kind of and like so it's intense and not made up it is 
And there's like little lines, like I rewatched it the other day, because you get, you know, you get super involved in something, so you don't, it, it feels insane after a while, if you're doing it right. That's how comedy works. It's like, oh, is it make you feel like a like an insane person and you're a little mad at the audience when they laugh? Yeah. Then it's ready to go. Then you should put it, you should film it. Until then, until you're not mad at people, it's not ready. Um, no one does that anymore, but that is the way you should do it. Um, but it is that... There's like... I watched it again, kind of removed... And was like, there's like a couple lines where I'm like, hey, that's, that is so real. Like that little line, I want people to understand, like that is how I felt. It's like a quick line, but it is like, Phew. so I think, yeah, there's, it's, it's edited on point. Like there's no wasted words. That's kind of a, a pet peeve of mine as, as a comedian is like the economy of words. So <laughs> don't, don't waste any, but no, like when I was watching it, it literally took me back. Cause I, I lived in Southern West Virginia for, for a little while and I had an interesting landlord. Um, and it, like literally my, my roommate and I are standing outside while he's trying to fix, get someone to fix like a gas line into the house and they bring up someone's name and he just nonchalantly goes, Oh yeah, I killed his brother. And my roommate and I just looked at each other and went, did we just hear what we heard? Like yeah. just nonchalant, eat, just flow with the conversation. The other guy didn't blink an eye, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Where am I living? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is just how things are. It's yeah. That's how other, things. I have are. other stories on him too. <laughs> he, I bet. No, he, I have no doubt that that's a character right there. That's, oh, there there are some good stories on him. Now you know. For 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 you, I know you're you're going out on tour to kind of support the the new special testify. You're going to be in Alaska here at the end of the month. What what can folks expect from you the rest of the year, or or I guess all, all of 2023? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm coming to Atlanta and probably Louisville, maybe in July, June, July. So look out for that. Uh, and then what I'm I mean I'm doing stories. I'm doing new stories. That's what I do. Uh, I enjoy telling long form stories, uh, with a bunch of jokes in them. That's kind of what I thought stand up was. Uh, but ideally in my head, that's what stand up is. I know there's different <laughs> types and people are, you know, it's a whole thing. And, but there's some amazing stand up right now. I'm not knocking stand up. There's, but there's just like music. There's a ton of garbage everywhere, and it's frustrating. Uh, stop buying garbage, you guys, and stop making it. So simple. Uh, but so simple, but so hard. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, every year I'm like, we're still not going to do it, are we? Okay. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's just stories I have fun. Like, the live shows are, like, that's my favorite thing in the world, is doing live comedy. It's... Because you get to share these, this little moment in this room. It's like a hangout, you know, where everyone is like, I'm going to make fun of stuff and maybe be wrong about some stuff, but probably not. Uh, and then tell you a story and we're going to have a lot of fun and then you'll leave. Like, I think that's the thing too, is like, I'm worried about all the, all the crowd work videos that are fucking everywhere because it's like no don't shut the fuck up if you come to my show and just if sit back enjoy what i do if you will let if you will go on the ride it and then let yourself go on the ride that i will take you on for 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes depending on how cool you guys are and my mood uh <laughs> That's, God, I'm being very honest on this podcast. I think it's a drinking podcast, so I just feel like nah, you can be honest. They're, they're hey, drunk. That's what the conversations are about. <laughs> um, but it is like I think that's where I get. Also, don't. I'm very good at crowd work, so don't do it. I will make you rethink who you are as a person if you get me in the right mood. 
It could be it could be a Salt Lake City incident. It could where you're like, <laughs> we need to change. We need to, well, he's right. We need to work on ourselves. Uh, but it is that kind of just just let me do what I do. I'm very good at it at this point. You'll leave and be like, fuck, that was awesome. He should be in theaters. And I'll be like, you're right. Go tell people next time I come through, I'll be in theaters. And then after that, he'll be like, he should be in arenas. And I'll be like, no, I'll just do the theater twice. I'm not going to do arenas. <laughs> it's too much. But I should do theaters. Uh, I, I agree with that. But I, I have no uh, interest in arenas. I don't know what I'd, I would do with it. But you say that, and then someone's like, do you know, this is this is how much an arena is. And you're like, I could do one, I guess. <laughs> Hawaii's awesome. Owning property. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. And I have friends that have can... that play arenas right now, and that's a weird like. That's one of those where when we were starting out, it didn't occur to us that that was like a thing that you could do. And I have a, like a I like just, I could I text him right now, but he plays arenas, and I, I texted him. I was like, "What the?" He's like, "I know, man. It's what are you gonna do?" I was like, "Do it. That's what you're gonna do." Sorry. I would just be weirded out if I was like in the middle, even as a musician, if I had people around me and not have some behind me, I'd feel weird. The in the round very, stuff is very exposed is strange to me too. Cause even there's some clubs where the stage goes out a little bit like a catwalk and there are kind of people sitting a little bit behind you. And I was always like, who's this rude. This not like, these people like, <laughs> They just see my ass the whole show. Like it's like it's just like a weird thing. But I have friends that there's like a theater in uh Phoenix that's in the round. And I don't know if they really love it, but they all say they love it. That it's awesome. I think it probably pays a little bit more than most because there's no you know, it's all the way around. So that's my, why they love it. But they say that, but it seems I'm with you. Seems like a goddamn nightmare to me. Be like, I the whole time I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who for who's ever behind me right now? I'm so sorry. Yeah. It'd be uh, like honestly, it, it'd be like if I just like did the podcast like this. <laughs> just, just people go home and be like, I saw the back of his head. He's got no ass. One great. I, I hope one day that I play the that theater in Phoenix, and somebody's like, "Man, I heard you talking shit about this place." I'm like, "I know, but they booked it, so I'd play." That's how this works. That's how. Uh, I I folks, didn't like you... it, but the paycheck was awesome. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Okay, good. All right, now you seem a genuine man, and you're like, "Okay, good." I'm uh, conflicted. If, it's capitalism. Uh, if you haven't, you need to watch this new special testify. It is wonderful. It will make you laugh. BWDtour.com to find upcoming tour dates. And Billy, this was a blast. Thank you for sharing some good stories with me, man. My pleasure, man. Thanks for listening to them. Guys, please watch. Don't please, but not like Jeb, but like watch the special. It's like really good. It's like I'm very proud of. It's like really funny. And then it'll make you want to listen to my other two albums, Billy Wayne Davis and Billy Wayne Davis Live at Third Man Records. They're both fantastic. I'm very, they're little pictures of where I was at as a human being and in my career. So it's it's what art's supposed to be, I think. Watch it. I I, I think so too. And I and I agree. And, and, and thanks, Billy. Hey, anytime. Holler at me when you need a guest again. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.